I believe that for each of us, we have a crystalline, pure soul. And I really believe this is true for every single being who has ever lived on the planet. I believe that beneath all of the layers of trauma and conditioning and things that people have even done in the past, because there have been people who have done atrocious acts, underneath all of the different layers that we all hold is this pure crystalline soul. And through the healing work, through unraveling all of those layers and accessing the purity of our soul, the more that we do that, the more that we clean up ourselves, the more that we clean up our lineages, the more that our essence is able to shine through just through being. For some people, that being is translated into doing. But if the doing comes from a place of the mind or from a place that isn't connected to the soul, then that isn't in true deep alignment with what our soul came here to do, what the divine is asking for us to do. So I would say for those of you who are listening, no matter what you do in the world, really honoring your innermost state of being, the truth of who you are, and allowing for that unique emanation of who you are to come out to be your greatest offering to the world and to future generations. Prophecies have foretold and wisdom keepers all know that the rise of the feminine will restore balance to our world. In this podcast, we are on a journey to understand the root of the imbalance that has caused disconnection and dysfunction within our humanity so we can emerge as leaders, creating a new story on Earth. I'm Lauren Walsh. And I'm Shayna Connors. With humble hearts and open minds, we will converse with spiritual teachers, historians, psychologists, revolutionaries, leaders, and healers to navigate these evolving times and reintegrate the feminine history that we have forgotten. Welcome to the Time of the Feminine podcast. Hey, hey, and welcome to another episode of the Time of the Feminine podcast. This is Lauren here, and today I get to interview Tori Feldman of Sacred Ancestry. She is a healing guide and women's spiritual mentor, and she guides women through ancestral connection practices to heal their lineages so that they can embody the wisdom of their ancestors and tap into their unique feminine magic. She has immersed herself and studied in countless spiritual paths and lineages, and Tori has experienced a radical awakening that changed her life forever when she visited her ancestral homelands, and we go into that story a little bit here today. Tori is a great friend of both Shayna and myself, and she used to work for Global Sisterhood back in the day. This conversation is fun and deep and beautiful, and I can't wait for you to listen because not only is Tori up to so many incredible things through her business, Sacred Ancestry, she is going to be a guest facilitator and teacher on our program, Sacred Facilitator, which begins February 14th. If you have not looked this program up, please do. It is an advanced training and rite of passage for space holders on a quest to reclaim ancient knowledge and expand their sacred service. It's for women who have already been holding space, already been leading, who want to turn the focus inward so that they can expand to their next level, the next dimension of who they are meant to be in this world. Go ahead and check it out and let's begin the show. 
My dear, beautiful sister, Tori, welcome to the Time of the Feminine podcast. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you so much, Lauren. I'm ecstatic to be with you. I know Shayna wishes she was here for this one too. There are so many things that we're going to cover today, specifically around ancestral work and the intersection between ancestral work and feminine embodiment work. And before we dive into all of that, I think it would be really beautiful to share a little bit of our history and how we know each other and your relationship to global sisterhood and all the incredible work you have done on behalf of this mission. So I want to just introduce you as my dear friend, my sister, my colleague, my companion, a deep woman who I am constantly wowed by and I learn from. And I just want to pass it to you to share a little bit about how we met. Oh my gosh, Lauren. This amazing woman, Lauren, has had one of the most profound impacts on my life. I found Lauren on International Day of Peace at the Austin Capitol, the capital of Texas, where I met her on the steps and walked in and Lauren led the opening prayer for this worldwide event for International Day of Peace. And after that event, we met at a women's circle that she was facilitating the same day. And that women's circle was the one that birthed global sisterhood. And I remember coming up to Lauren after this women's circle, everyone was in so much joy and I was in tears because I was so deeply touched. I was literally sobbing and I walked up to Lauren and gave her a hug and Lauren held me and I just told her, I want to work with you. And that has translated in so many different ways. Lauren became my first ever women's embodiment spirituality mentor, my first ever. And I've worked with many now. And so Lauren, you were the first on that path for me. And, <laughs> and then we worked together at Global Sisterhood. And now we're working together in so many ways, weaving global sisterhood and my creation, sacred ancestry. Mm -hmm. And uh, one thing I need to share about you is at this point, it's not noticeable, our age difference. But at that point, it kind of was. When I met you, you were this young, beautiful, deep, but young girl. And you were going through this initiation into your womanhood and you were so profound and deep and wise. And I remember when we were meeting with each other, I was like, dang, this is, is a really special human. And I remember knowing that you were going to do really incredible things in the world. And I remember feeling this acknowledgement inside my heart of a deep bow of, wow, this, I don't know what ha this girl has in store for her, but this woman is incredible. And I remember always joking about how you were this young girl, but you were actually an old crone and you were this old wise woman. And now that you've evolved your practice and your work into working with ancestry, it makes so much sense. The power of your ancestors has always been with you, guiding you. And I have so much respect for the commitment and dedication and deep listening that you have committed yourself to so that you could find that that channel that wave of inspiration that has guided you to the work you're doing with sacred ancestry and beyond so it's been an incredible journey watching you and being your friend mm -hmm. truly thank you lauren 
That means the world to me. I remember coming to you and one of my main intentions was that I wanted to be initiated into womanhood and really step into my inner medicine, stepping into my gifts even more. And it truly did just add so much to my path that brought me here. And I'm so honored to be your sister and also that we worked together at Global Sisterhood and we wove so much of this movement together. It's just so beautiful to be back here full circle. I know it's so special. And now here we are with this mission, right? The mission of Global Sisterhood and your mission and all of the missions of the women listening here. We're all working together. And part of this mission is, I believe, to reinstate feminine consciousness on this planet, to reclaim our right to be medicine women, earth women, women who work with the plants, women who know the great mother, women who are weaving the new myths. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about that, about weaving the new myth. What is the myth that you believe we're leaving behind and what are we co-creating? Such a beautiful question. There are so many myths that we're leaving behind. And I would say one of the biggest myths is that of separation, the wound of separation, the myth that we are separate from the earth, the myth that we are separate from our ancestors, the myth that we are isolated alone in time. And we're stepping into creating and weaving this new mythos for the planet of a deeper, deeper, deeper remembrance and reconnection to the earth, a reconnection to our ancestors. And instead of seeing ourselves as one point in time that doesn't have an impact on the past, that doesn't have an impact on the future, really awakening the remembrance that we are one thread woven into an entire tapestry of life. And the way that we show up, the way that we give and receive through our being, the way that we step into our feminine power, into our spiritual gifts, into our soul's wisdom is actually rippling out to affect past generations and past traumas and to also inform and create a new way and birth a new paradigm for future generations as well. So moving away from the myth of separation and into this new mythos of infinite possibility, infinite interconnectedness, and owning the deep power that we have here as women to birth forth a new paradigm of deep connection. Okay, now here's the million dollar question. How? (laughs) It's an interesting time we're in. It's a magical time we're in. It's a painful time we're in, but it's a potent time because we are recognizing, okay, yes, we are not separate. This is an illusion. A lot of these myths we've believed, the fact that the feminine feminine has been less than masculine, all of these things are myths that we know are not true, right? Yet still our cultures are embedded and interwoven with this myth as truth. Here we are at the di- a dying system with a new one that has yet to be reborn. And we're like, how? How do I actually reclaim something that's not reflected to me how do i create a new paradigm and how do i impact the whole well i would say that as old systems are crumbling as more people are awakening perhaps it is true that the new paradigm isn't completely born yet and i believe that it's actually being birthed through us right now that it's possible for death and rebirth to coexist in this time of transition. 
And I feel that we so deeply are at that time of transition. And we are literally in the most incredible time to be alive. I truly believe that we're at this time when there used to be a deep knowing of our interconnectedness, a deep remembrance of the feminine, a deep connection to the earth. And then there was a time of forgetting, and we're in this time of reemergence and remembering, not only rebirthing and bringing back the ancient wisdom of our ancestors and of the ways of the earth and of the indigenous cultures that we're here to learn from and remember through, but we're also combining that with the potential for worldwide impact with the technology that we have so that for the first time in humanity's history, people are able to have a global impact, a sacred global impact. And I see that so much with global sisterhood. I see that with sacred ancestry. I see that with so many different movements based in the remembrance of this earth wisdom, this ancestral wisdom and this feminine way of being. So as far as the how, I think a deep part of the how is owning that there is actually infinite possibility. And when we step into and reclaim the depths of our power, when we do the healing work, when we dig deep into our roots, when we remember where we come from, when we remember the wisdom of the earth and of the divine that's wanting to flow through our bodies, we sit in our seat of power. And when we're in that seat of power, when we know who we are, when we know where we come from, why, when we know why we're here on this planet at this time in our specific lineages with our specific soul gifts, then we're able to become channels for the divine. That's really what all of my work continually comes back to is clearing out the old and just allowing for ourselves to be clear channels for the divine to work through. And I think that for me is the ultimate how to merge the remembrance with becoming a clear channel so that the divine can birth this new paradigm through us in real time and so that it can ripple out and impact the entire world on a level that's literally never been possible before. Mm -hmm. And in the work of becoming a clear channel, for me, it has been a lot about sacred discipline, you know, ensuring that I have the space I need to deeply listen and commune and feel and that requires also saying no a lot to the expectations of society to keep going in a certain way. Can you talk a little bit about that and your journey with that? Oh my gosh, yes. This is such a deep one. Devotion and discipline for me have been at the center of my practice of what has allowed me to continuously return to the movement that I'm being asked to steward. And for those of you listening, I would encourage you to reflect on what is the movement that's coming through you? What is the divine wanting to move through you in your life? And really allowing yourself to shift from a place of needing to carry that movement and needing to carry it all into letting the movement that's moving through you carry you and showing up in devotion to God, to the divine, to the universe, whatever word you want to use, and to that movement, which is really your divine mission. And just like you shared, Lauren, around not letting the expectations of what other people are doing steer you away or distract you from your path, that's like going horizontal, being in this horizontal relational field is looking around left to right, you can imagine, and seeing what is everyone else doing around me, comparing your mission to theirs, comparing your work to theirs, comparing your body to theirs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. When we actually have the opportunity to silence that distraction of the horizontal and tune into the vertical plane, 
which is the plane of aligning to the divine, if there were no distractions of what other people were doing, if that wasn't an influence on your work, your mission, your embodiment, your being, how you show up in the world, what would come through you as a divine channel? And so this is a constant you know, process of continually catching yourself and remembering, allowing for the remembrance of you know, that you are a divine being and you can connect to the divine, allowing for that to pour through you to come back into your awareness. Hey, hey, sisters, Shayna dropping in to say hello and to let you know that our new advanced course, Sacred Facilitator, has 10 spots left. We are holding spots for 50 sacred facilitators from around the world to take place in this first of its kind, life-changing transformational program that we have put together for space holders, facilitators, transformation creators who are looking for new ways to be of service and take their facilitation skills to the next level. So if you feel that like that is you, go ahead and join us. You will be experiencing a live training that begins on February 14th, and it will feature some of our teachers, many of whom have been on this podcast, who will come together and share their wisdom. We will go through a rites of passage, and it will be a 15-week training into your next stage and level of service. And so if this is something that you are called to, go ahead and check it out on our website. It's www.globalsisterhood.org. And you will follow the links to Sacred Facilitator. And classes begin February 14th. So that's bringing me back to an earlier part of our conversation when we were talking about separation and the illusion of separation and how each one of us in this moment right now, we have the capacity to heal the generations behind us and the generations in front of us. And when we talk about things like birthing movements or work or career, it really makes me think of this patriarchal notion of we have to do and build and create. And I'm thinking of all the mothers right now listening to this. And I'm just wanting to be present with the movement of motherhood, the the movement of the future generations and the stewarding of that. And I'm really present to that comparing that takes place so subtly in our culture in relationship to the feminine arts and the feminine work, which we haven't valued fiscally. And wanting to, yeah, just really appreciate the women who are who are raising their children, who are doing their inner work and guiding their children. And just wanting to, yeah, presence that and presence the shifting from the idea of um, doing as a movement to being as a movement. Amen. Amen. The mothers and the way that the mothers are healing themselves, healing their lineages and doing that in real time through how they're bringing up the future generations is literally ancestral healing in motion. It's one of the deepest, most powerful missions that someone could possibly have is to do that ancestral healing work in real time to pass on love, wisdom, compassion, and create a better, a better, more nurturing environment for their children than perhaps they have had or that their ancestors have had in the past. And 
The word being is so important. I love that you brought that into this because our purpose or the reason that we're here really, I believe, is about our presence and about the true essence of our soul shining through. And the way that we can access that true essence, the truth of who we are, is in so many ways tied to doing the healing work. I believe that for each of us, we have a crystalline, pure soul. And I really believe this is true for every single being who has ever lived on the planet. I believe that beneath all of the layers of trauma and conditioning and things that people have even done in the past, because there have been people who have done atrocious acts, underneath all of the different layers that we all hold is this pure crystalline soul. And through the healing work, through unraveling all of those layers and accessing the purity of our soul, the more that we do that, the more that we clean up ourselves, the more that we clean up our lineages, the more that our essence is able to shine through just through being. For some people, that being is translated into doing. But if the doing comes from a place of the mind or from a place that isn't connected to the soul, then that isn't in true deep alignment with what our soul came here to do, what the divine is asking for us to do. So I would say for those of you who are listening, no matter what you do in the world, really honoring your innermost state of being, the truth of who you are, and allowing for that unique emanation of who you are to come out to be your greatest offering to the world and to future generations. I want to know a little bit about your journey. What brought you to ancestral work? What brought you to the motivation to be a channel and to serve in the way you serve and to create in the way you create? What happened in your life that guided you here? Mm. Growing up Jewish, I went to Hebrew school for five years. I learned how to read and write Hebrew, but I didn't know what a word of it meant. And I felt like growing up as a white woman in the U.S., not connected to ancestral homelands, not connected to the spirituality of religion, just connected to, we do this because we do this, tradition for the sake of tradition, I felt that I had inherited this culture of fast food and celebrities and cars and money as the ultimate marker of success. And as a teenager growing up and seeing this in the world, I felt completely separate from it. I felt like this is not right. This is not who I came here to be. I went through a huge rejection. Yeah, in comes your pictures of dreadlocks and all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and ripped up clothes. I was finding myself. I needed to rebel against yeah. the system. Good for you. And through that process, I became really deeply fascinated and interested in indigenous cultures and the indigenous wisdom of the earth. So when I went to school, I studied cultural anthropology. I specified my studies on indigenous rights, indigenous wisdom, indigenous ways of being. And then after graduating, I went and lived and volunteered on a reservation for a year and worked on cultural revitalization projects there. I worked on, for example, a language class where I would work with the elders of the Hiachid Otam language, this language that was on the verge of extinction. And we would teach this language class at the library for free. And our big mission was to get the youth involved. The big intention is to pass on this language, this cultural remembrance to the next generations. But time and time again, we saw that the only people who were showing up to the language class were elders who perhaps in the past, due to residential schools, 
weren't able to speak their native language. It was beaten out of them, taken away from them when their culture was stripped. And so they were coming back to, to remember their language and to remember that connection and to use it to speak to each other. And after a year of working on this project and several other cultural, re, cultural revitalization projects, I realized I was crying every day with so much passion because I was so passionate about passing on the ancestral wisdom of the elders to the next generation. And I realized that I was actually coming from my own deep cultural wound of separation from my own ancestors. I realized that I was never connected to that deep spiritual lineage of my Jewish heritage and of my ancestors. I felt that I was just given this empty shell of a religion and this culture of celebrities, you know, growing up in the LA area that I just never resonated with. And so when I saw this deep cultural wound, this severance from the wisdom of my own ancestors, I realized that it was time for me to turn in and tune into my own ancestral roots to do my own research to dive into my own ancestral connection and to heal that wound of separation for myself and my lineage. And over time, through many, many, many different paths that I've walked, I ended up incorporating this work into what I do, into women's circles, into working with women one-on-one, into guiding courses to support women and really the world. Sacred Ancestry is a movement of people all over the world remembering the ancient wisdom of our ancestors, remembering how to connect with our ancestors and bringing back this ancestral remembrance into our everyday lives. And I really see the movement that is sacred ancestry, which is so much bigger than me, right? It's that returning to that idea that our movements are actually holding us and we're just the stewards for it. This movement, I feel, is rebirthing into collective consciousness, this remembrance. I see the importance of connecting to our ancestors being a household conversation. I see it being just as normal as breathing, as eating, as you know, saying grace before a meal to thank our ancestors as well. And so this movement has really evolved over time and evolved through me in so many different ways. But that's the, the basic storyline of what brought me here. It's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. And it is becoming a more collective conversation which is really beautiful. It's a really beautiful perk of COVID is that now we're not denying that we're traumatized and we're severed from the earth and we've been doing things incorrectly. We're not denying that anymore, at least on a large scale. We're not denying that anymore. And while there's not necessarily a lot of questions about how do we go forward, there is this desire to heal, right? People are like, okay, well, we can't go forward until we heal. And so in that exploration, the conversation about generational trauma, especially with the Black Lives Matter movement, all of this has become more a part of the cultural lexicon. And I think that's such a beautiful thing. And you kind of came on the scene, you know, you launched Sacred Ancestry right as that conversation started happening. And I just knew that that was the divine. You know, I knew that that is why it grew so much in the way it did is because there's a real need for it. And ancestral work absolutely is the work that has saved my life, 100%. And it's, oh my God, there's so many directions we can go here because there's, you know, the story you just shared about the revitalization of the forgotten language, that the stripped language, the beaten out of language 
of these indigenous people, that has happened to everyone all over the world. Everyone in some capacity all over the world. And then the trauma just keeps re-traumatizing and keeps re-traumatizing and keeps oppressing and keeps oppressing. And we have to break that cycle. And so the remembering, you know, finding, and I'd love you to talk about this, like the, you know, most of us, I would say many of us have memories of our ancestors that are hurtful. You know, we can feel that they were not fully awake, that they had the trauma of war. They had the trauma of the depression. They had trauma of all of the things they had to endure. And so we can tap into our ancestry and we can feel that pain. We can feel that pain inside of us, ourselves. So I know that you do a lot of work with tapping into your, your healed ancestors, your well ancestors from many, many lineages back. And I want to talk about that process and how we can support the healing of our more recent ancestors and how that impacts our healing today, here and now. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lauren. You just set that up so perfectly. That was so beautiful. <laughs> yes. When it comes to ancestral healing, the method that I created is called the mythic memory method. And all of my work revolves around this idea, this deep inner knowing that our ancestors' memories are stored in our bodies, that our ancestors' memories live in every single cell in our DNA. They live in our bones. They live in our blood. They live in our nervous systems. And because our ancestors live in our bodies, because all of their memory and all of their names and all of their stories are actually stored in our bodies, that through somatic inner work, we can actually remember the stories, the lost stories and the names and the lost names of our ancestors in our lineage. And when we go back, when we close our eyes, when we go deep within, when we connect to that deep well of ancestral memory that's living in our bodies like an ancient library, like a storehouse, also embedded into our womb spaces as women, we can actually travel back to a time when a core wound happened in our lineage. And in my work, we connect with the healed wise and well ancestors. We connect to a wise ancestral guide that travels with us back to this time that a core wound happened. And oftentimes this core wound is thousands of years in the past. And there could be a core wound that created something such as the wound of unworthiness or the wound of betrayal, the wound of abandonment, of rejection, of this pattern of abuse that's been passed down, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And when we go back to that point, we facilitate an ancestral healing with those ancestors that were involved in this core wounding, and we rewrite that story. We help to hold those ancestors through this rupture that happened in our lineage. And when we do that deep work, when we meet those ancestors, when we hear their stories, when we witness their pain, when we feel their emotion and allow it to finally process through and release, then we're able to allow that healing to ripple all the way back. We come back very, 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 very slowly, generation by generation by generation, until we reach our more recent ancestors who we do know by name and who we do perhaps know the stories of, who you're speaking of here, our great-grandparents, our grandparents, our parents, ourselves, and future generations to come. And so when we travel back to this time when a core wound happened, that allows for everything to ripple forward. It's the idea that in order to heal, you need to go to the root 
And so we're going back to the very root in our ancestral roots and allowing for that to ripple forward through time. And when we come back to a part of this work is breathing deeply into every cell of our body and regulating our nervous system into a new foundational baseline that allows for this work to integrate with ease and grace into every area of our lives and to touch our family. And oftentimes ancestral healing can be done through actual conversations and interactions with the family members that we still have with us. And sometimes it's not possible or sometimes it's not comfortable or sometimes our family wouldn't be receptive to that. And so for some people, their next steps might involve having conversations or writing letters or doing something of that contact with their family, while for others, it's a deep knowing that on a soul level, the work that you're doing is touching your mother and her soul, it's touching your father and his soul, it's touching your grandparents and each of their souls. And really through ancestral healing, what we're doing is just the same way that I shared that no being who has ever lived has a soul that in some way at the very, very core is tarnished or impure. Every soul at the core has a crystalline purity. The same is true for each of our lineages. And although some of us may feel that our lineage has been dirtied to the point where it cannot be healed, has been so full of pain to the point that it just cannot be released, beneath all of those layers of trauma, there is a pure crystalline clarity to the soul of your lineage. And so allowing for yourself to access that connection, to access that purity of your lineage and breathe into that, even if it's just a pinprick in the darkness, breathing into that remembrance over time through your body allows for this work to ripple out and integrate into your family. Can you imagine what our world would be like if we didn't carry generational shame? You know, it, it makes me think of also the origins of original sin. You know, that in itself is a trauma within our lineage, all of our lineages. It's like, uh, Western lineage. I don't know what you'd call it because it's actually impacted more than just the Western world through colonization. But the idea that we are bad, wrong, inherently sinful. And I speak about this a lot, I feel like, but I feel like it's really important to remind ourselves that the shame we feel is not true. And when we don't heal the shame, right? Then we act out of the shame and we do things we're ashamed of. So it compiles on top of each other. So it's really beautiful what you're saying about the crystalline purity of the soul and of, of the lineage. And it just reminds me of the crystalline purity and innocence of humanity. And just the, you know, we're in this place in the world. We're so lost that we've been destroying each other, destroying ourselves and destroying our mother earth. Yet there's an innocence in it all, even with all the war and the, the hatred, there actually is an innocence somewhere. And that somewhere in the psyches and in the collective consciousness, everyone's wanting to reclaim that innocence and be forgiven, I think. And just, you know, to have this paradigm, this myth, right? Shatter and to, to remember our purity. And so I, I love, I love what you're speaking about. I love that 
you're sharing with the world and reminding people that their lineages are pure and that they are pure. It's so important. We've never not been pure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there are just so many layers, stories, conditioning, traumas that have built up around that remembrance. And what you're speaking to here also with the shame, that is a byproduct of forgetting. That's a byproduct of forgetting that we are deeply connected to source, that we are divine beings, that our original ancestors are source, mother, father, God, and the elements, right? Our original feminine ancestors are the earth and the sacred waters. And your soul and your purest expression is just as pure as the headwaters of a spring on the top of a mountain. Your soul is just as pure as a fire, Right. And so remembering our deep connection to the earth and to the divine as our original sacred ancestors, remembering that we're divine descendants of God, of the divine, allows for us to connect back into that purity. And that's a part of why we connect also with our healed ancestors and our lineage. It's bringing that remembrance back through weaving it through our bloodlines and through our lineages and allowing for it to be embodied here today so that future generations can feel that connection to their purity more easily. Mm, so lovely I just want to drink in that crystal and water so beautiful oh I feel purer listening to you I feel better having this conversation I'm like oh yeah thank you what is coming to me now is um a conversation that I was having yesterday with one of my mentors about the power of story and how story is an essential part of rites of passage too and going deeper to the truer story, you know, in that liminal space, in the rites of passage, we go and we reclaim that deeper story and just the power of storytelling too. And so I would love to hear, I have stories to share, you have stories to share, but I'd love to hear some ancestral healing miracles. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know you got some. Oh my gosh. Yes, Lauren. And I know some of yours too. And I just love your stories <laughs> so much. Ooh. Well, there have been so many in different forms, and the one that was the most powerful for me was when I actually went and visited my ancestral homelands in Israel. This was an experience that changed my entire life. For so long, for so many years, I was, like I shared, interested in indigenous cultures, indigenous wisdom, because I felt disconnected from my own, and I was not expecting to feel what I felt when I was in Israel. Like there's no way to even put into words how it can feel when you go to your ancestral homelands and you step onto a very specific point of that land that has an energetic gift for you. I remember I was walking down the steps toward the Kotel, which is the Western wall from the temple of Jerusalem. And I was walking down these steps and looked up and it was my very first time seeing this piece of the temple that had been destroyed, this last standing piece. And behind the hotel, behind the wall, was this cemetery. And this is the world's most longest running cemetery that's still in use today. So people were buried there thousands and thousands of years ago, and people are still being buried there today. And seeing all at once the wall with this cemetery, I just immediately started sobbing these tears that 
made no sense to my logical mind. My entire body started buzzing like every cell in my body was awakened to something and I was no longer just Tori. I was literally this embodiment of the prayer of my ancestors. And I felt like how for literally thousands of years in my lineage, my ancestors had been praying to return to this holy land, to return to Jerusalem. And my father hasn't been, my grandfather hasn't been. I don't even know how long it's been since someone in my lineage has set foot on this land and been able to pray at this wall and touch the temple. And once I got down onto the the baseline of where the temple was, I just stood there with tears streaming down my face. And for the first time in all of my years of seeking, in all of my years of looking outside of myself to find spirituality and wisdom and meaning and belonging in the cultures of others, basically, because of my fascination with these indigenous ways of being, I felt bone deep on a soul level that my ancestors lived in every cell of my body, that I was home, that I belong, that I belong in my lineage, and that I was born into my specific lineage for a reason that my soul incarnated into my family and into my lineage and that I was able to walk onto this sacred land literally as the embodiment of the prayers of my ancestors. And through this experience and through my work, really what I, I'm doing is all just a, an offering back to them to thank them for this precious, precious gift of a life that I have and to devote all of the work that I'm doing to really using this life to the fullest. I really believe that we're in times that our ancestors prayed for. The opportunities that I've been given in my life, my ancestors would do anything for. They literally prayed for this moment for me. They prayed for this moment for future generations to have this opportunity to be able to embody our magic today in a way as women that our ancestors weren't able to to share our gifts and to really have this impact on the world that today we're able to have. And so through my work, through this experience that literally shifted every cell in my body, I decided to devote myself to ancestral connection and to ancestral healing. It was the deepest healing I think I've ever experienced. It's like all of the wounds of not belonging just suddenly vanished. And I finally felt home in my body, in my lineage and on the earth. Beautiful. I feel like I was transported to that moment of you just being struck by that sight and having that remembrance. Really, it was an instant remembrance, awakening. And I could just see and feel you crying, and that vision just brought tears to my eyes. So powerful. It's so mysterious, too to remember that we are the manifestation of what was prayed for. That is a totally different framework. I feel like often it's so easy to get trapped in, oh, I have so much more work to do. Oh, I'm not doing it well enough. Oh, and then you realize, oh my God, I am everything my great, 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 great grandmother could have dreamed. I have everything she could have ever wanted. I can speak my voice. I have the right to own property. I have the right to make money. I have the right to carry crystals in my pockets. You know, I, I, I have a right to do whatever I want. 
for the most part and be safe. You know, that's such a prayer answered. Mm-hmm. Amen, Lauren. Yeah, it goes so, so deep. And once again, returning to that theme of we're releasing the myth of separation. I also want to speak to this because this is a part of my work that so many women, it just something really deeply clicks. And this is a part of what healed for me in this experience. I lived so much of my life, not in my body. And Lauren, you've helped me with this so much. I lived so much of my life hanging out in the higher chakras. Like my soul was half out of my body and half in. And yes. And for me, such a big part of this experience was realizing how I didn't feel safe in my body. I didn't feel safe on the earth. For some reason, I felt like I didn't belong on the earth. And I feel like so many women feel the same way. Like there's something in our nervous systems and in our bodies that doesn't feel safe to land here, that doesn't feel a sense of belonging here, that doubts if we're here for a reason or, you know, just doesn't feel connected to the body or like this isn't a safe place to be. And through ancestral healing and through breathing the soul deeply all the way down into the body and into the legs and into our feet and into the earth, that's when we actually activate our ancestral gifts. Because if our soul is out of our body, when we bring the soul into the body, it's embodying our soul gifts and activating all of the DNA in our body, activating our ancestral gifts. And that's how we become the bridge for the divine to work through on the planet. That's the bridge between heaven and earth. And so if there's anyone who's listening, who's feeling disconnected or like it's not safe in your body, it's not safe on the planet, or even like you weren't born into the right lineage, you wonder like, why was I born into my family? I would encourage you to do the healing work to really allow for your soul to come and land fully in your body. And a huge part of that is ancestral healing, feeling like, the the body that you have came from your ancestors and allowing for yourself to heal that disconnect from your ancestors, that disconnect from your lineage, feeling like a safe one to be born into, to allow for your soul to fully come down here to earth so that you can share your gifts. Beautiful. Tori, for our last question today, we ask this to all our guests. If you could be a channel for the great mother in this moment, what would she speak through you? Remember who you are. You are divine. You are limitless. You are pure. You are sacred. You are everything that the divine has prayed for, that your ancestors have prayed for, that the earth has longed for. You have the power to shift the cultural story, the familial narrative, and your soul has the power to step up into your divine feminine. And when you do, it's an offering for all. It's an offering to yourself, to your ancestors, your lineage, to the earth, to all the other women around the world who are thirsting for that as well. It's safe to trust yourself. You're worthy. It's time to remember your deep power and the truth of who you are. Thank you so much for listening to the Time of the Feminine podcast with our guest Tori Feldman from Sacred Ancestry. To learn more about Tori, you can go to at Sacred Ancestry on Instagram or sacredancestry.com. And for those of you who are listening to the Time of the Feminine podcast, 
I'm Lauren, and I co-host this podcast with Shayna. We are the stewards of the Global Sisterhood Movement. And if you are enjoying these episodes, please go ahead and leave us a review. We have learned from smart podcast people that reviews help us keep going so that we can continue this work. We love you. Thank you so much and talk to you next week.